You're listening to Tech Talk Central. This is George Vulgaris from Tech Talks Central. I'm um, here today with uh, Dr. Bean He. Uh, uh, Dr. He is an accomplished biomedical engineering scientist with many distinctions. Uh, he is distinguished McKnight University Professor of Biomedical Engineering and Medtronic Packen Endold Chair for Engineering in Medicine at the University of Minnesota. Uh, he serves as the Director of Institute for Engineering in Medicine and the Center for Neuroengineering at the University of Minnesota. Uh, he's a recipient of the Outstanding Research Award from the International Federation of Clinical Neurophysiology, the Established Investigator Award from the American Heart Association, and the Career Award from the National Science Foundation, among others. Dr. He, welcome to Tech Talk Central. It is indeed a great honor to have you today with us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure and uh, thanks for having me. Great. So, um, uh, before we talk about the specific um, uh, subject of, of today's interview, uh, please tell us a few things about uh, the current hot research uh, topics in, in biomedical engineering. So, what are some of the biggest problems being solved by, by today's leading-edge scientists? Well, I think that biomedical engineering as a discipline is undergoing a very exciting development and there are many um, exciting research are occurring. So uh, my comment will mainly from my own perspective uh, based off of my expertise. Mm -hmm. So one of them, I think, is uh, something we call neuroengineering or, say, neurotechnology. That mm -hmm. is uh, by using engineering technology, scientists now can understand better how brain works and even go one step further to uh, prepare or to manage the lost functions uh, such by, by something we usually call the brain-computer interface or neuroprosthesis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So I think in this neuroengineering field, and uh, that, uh, is, uh, that probably mm -hmm. is a one of the particular exciting fields within the biomedical engineering. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, tell us, uh, if you want, a few things about the, the research groups that you're leading then. Uh, so, uh, just to give our audience an idea of the, of the impact uh, that is being created by your work. I mean, it's, uh, I, I understand there's like an outstanding work being done at the moment in your research groups, right? Yes, yeah, so my group and uh, that we are doing actually in terms of this neuroengineering field, we are mm -hmm. doing two things. One is uh, to develop a dynamic brain mapping technology mm -hmm. so we could understand better or map the human brain using both high spatial and high temporal resolution to track their uh, dynamic neural information processing process. Mm -hmm. The second is based upon such kind of dynamic brain mapping technology, we are developing non-invasive brain computer interface system and investigate the applicability to use such kind of system uh, to control a external device or computer mm -hmm. use uh, uh, one's uh, thought or mind alone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, what what gave birth to the work on brain computer on your work? I mean, on, on brain computer interfaces. What was uh, the motivation, if you want, or the inspiration behind this uh, this project that you're leading at the moment? 
Well, there, there, this work actually, I still recall that many, uh, and from now, the many, many years ago, mm-hmm. when I wrote my master thesis and a PhD thesis, and I still wrote that saying that in terms of relationship between the mind and in in terms of brain, you know, as a a up as a system and as a, a human being to understand the brain or the mind implemented in, in the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time was uh, some very vague, uh, vague uh, um, um, discussion. And later on, and I was really inspired uh, by some of the earlier word, uh, work in terms of brain-computer interface mm-hmm. to control computer sir cursor using the mind alone and to be honest although i i thought about this for a long long time ago mm-hmm. but in early phase i had some doubts in terms of whether actually one could use uh, a uh, thinking to control a, a mm-hmm. device mm-hmm. and but as a scientist i think that well the best way to find that answer out is to do the research <laughs> yourself Absolutely. <laughs> so I have an active research lab. I work on brainwave uh, for a couple of decades. So I started uh, the research in my own lab, and at the end, and we found it, it does work. Mm-hmm. And even we have made a important advancement last year uh, for the first time in the world that my group was able to demonstrate to control a quadcopter, or you know, model mm-hmm. helicopter, mm-hmm. and using. Uh, uh, mind alone from uh, human subject by wearing uh, non-invasive sensors. Um, so it, it, it's a truly been a very exciting experience. So before I ask you to tell us a few things, uh, a few more details about uh, the research and what you're doing, I, I mean, I, I, it's, in, it's indeed a very, very interesting and very impressive uh, to, to think about uh, how technology has evolved around uh, BC, uh, brain-computer interfaces. And I, I mean, I understand that the the applications of such technology uh, are indeed countless. I mean, I I can think top of my head at least like uh, three broad categories, like uh, brain as uh, if you want a reactive controller, like detect you know something that detects patterns and stimuli in our brains, for example, to prevent accidents. I don't know, just just to give an example, right? Uh, or brain as an active controller, or use our brains to steer and control things, if you want, by, by, by thoughts, uh, as well as uh, things like, um, uh, you know, the quantified self-movement style analytics, brain analytics, if you want. Uh, and, and on top of that, of course, everything related to medical diagnosis. So, in in your view, what what is the what are or what is the, the killer app, if you want, um, the, the killer? Um, uh, I don't want to say feature, but the, killer, the I think the killer application is, is the closest term, the best term to you to describe it, that will uh, boost the adoption uh, of of uh, such technology in in everyday products and in commercial products. I think you have really touched on some uh, very important aspect of the brain-computer interface research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, it sounds like you have done research yourself. No, I'm so impressed. I, I haven't really, sorry. Maybe I should invite you as a scientific advisor <laughs> to my research team. But, but anyway, so to share my observation, I completely actually share the same thought as you that I think 
the one uh, there are a couple important applications. The first one, and I believe most people, including myself, mm-hmm. were motivated to start working on this problem, is to help disabled patients. Mm-hmm. People they are disabled. They cannot move part of their body or even in entire body, but their brain is completely clear. You know, mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they can think, but they cannot move. And this brain-computer interface technology is really such kind of thing that we can detect such kind of intention of the subject and turn that into control command and to control the environment so their disabled patient can be helped. Yes. And yes. an immediate extension could be a mind-controlled robotic neuroprosthetic, you know, someone mm-hmm. in lost mm-hmm. arm. And if you could use a brain to control, it could make it a more natural neuroprosthetic arm. And uh, But uh, in addition to such kind of immediate uh, application, and we are also now working and including other groups, is, uh, for example, to help the stroke patient from recovery. Mm-hmm. and by applying the brain-computer interface technology. And certainly for general population, as you mentioned, and, and this could be something to provide a warning signal to drivers that uh, if some danger risk is going to occur and as a pre-warning, mm-hmm. or even beyond for many other applications. So I, I wouldn't say that what is a single killer application to the general population, but probably to help a disabled patient would be the immediate or straightforward and significant application of this technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is clear. So, uh, t- tell us a few things then about the, the work that you've been doing, I mean, the problems that you've been solving. Yes, so the, the feature of my work and therefore what has been done in my laboratory is uh, there are many approaches in brain-computer interface and our approach is try to develop an uh, efficient brain-computer interface system that is based upon non-invasive sensing technology. In other words, we do not wish to open a hole and put a chip inside the brain in order to gain the capability for patient to control something. But we hope that if we could just ask the patient to wear a swimming hat, for example, and then that kind of non-invasive sensor can uh, record something called a brain wave that is a very tiny electric signal generated by uh, the neurons inside the brain. And then we develop a technology to decode reliably the intention signal and then turn that into control signal to control an external device. Mm-hmm. So the, the reason we work on quadcopter application is uh, simply because it's uh, uh, the non-invasive brain-computer interface has been limited in terms of what it can do. So I was uh, challenging my own students, say, mm-hmm. Can we do something in three dimension, real time, and uh, in a very challenging task? But certainly, mm. we don't want to test in disabled patient because technology is not mature enough. So we did that in healthy subject. So we choose a quadcopter to fly in the sky and uh, demonstrate that it's indeed it's doable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is uh, really one of the features, but it doesn't mean we just want to fly a helicopter. <laughs> sure, sure. So actually, your answer leads me to, to my next question, which I tend to believe that you already answered, actually. So what I wanted to ask you is how, uh, I mean, there are a few 
commercial or semi-commercial products out there or efforts, if you want, initiatives, right? I mean, I, I've, uh, this is, actually, I, I did some research on that. I mean, I, I found things like emotive, uh, epoch from emotive uh, uh, companies like News um, uh, or NeuroSky or even OpenBCI, which is the open source brain computer interface. So, um, is, is the... The differentiation, if you want, the edge that you're bringing in table compared to those uh, commercial solutions, the, the uh, significantly better re decoding reliability and accuracy of the systems, for example, or is this also something else? Yes, this is a very good question. I, I mean, like the, for example, like Emotive or these um, and other commercial and uh, available device. Mm -hmm. And it's my observation that they mainly is a compact device which uh, can record a signal and do certain tasks. Mm -hmm. However, the brain-computer interface is really very active research. So what we do is we do not really care how small or how compact to develop our system, but rather we try to accomplish the task that no one else is able to do in the world, regardless of what kind of device you are going to use, such as like the quadcopter control. And to my knowledge, that there was no any group in the world to demonstrate that was possible uh, it doesn't matter which device, which system you use. Mm -hmm. So that is, I believe, is a difference. In other words, it's not just that you buy a emotive. Emotive will give you very nice recording capability and some simple task, but still, it's just a platform. Mm -hmm. You need to do research, original research, and to advance the field forward. And clearly, and my group is a research lab, and our interests is to promote the original research and um, it's not looking at to say how economy one can do something but rather try to accomplish something that no one else in the world is able to do it's clear i mean so so the the, the technology we have some of the technology there but it hasn't reached the maturity stage yet to have a, a really uh, advanced well not advanced but maybe um efficient applications then for all those areas that we mentioned before it's still early stages then if i understand correctly in terms of uh, technology for for uh, brain computer interfaces that's uh, correct so mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. challenge is not how to record the signal mm -hmm. and the brainwave recording technology has been there for decades mm -hmm. the challenge is after you get a signal how do you do so mm -hmm. that is how do you decode the signal recorded reflecting the, um, the intention of the subject and how to translate that into mm. a true signal and reliably to control a device and demonstrate that in a experimental setup. So it's a still in the research and the phase to yeah. my understanding. So yeah, this is this is clear. This is understood. So uh, a lot of impressive work. Then very very interesting, very very impressive work uh, being done by your research. So, uh, Doctor He, thank you very much for your time, and thank you very much for being here with us today and sharing this uh, this uh, uh, amazing knowledge. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So this is uh, George Vulgaris from Tech Talks Central. Thank you very much. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.